EO Fire 1345. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. What better gift could you give a friend or a loved one than the gift of freedom? Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? Johnny Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Michael Isom. Michael, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. (laughs) Michael is the co-author of What Would the Rockefellers Do? A speaker, wealth strategist, entrepreneur, influencer, creator of the 2020 Personal Banking System, and owner of Optic Financial. His entrepreneur life started back in August of 93. What? Michael, take a minute, (laughs) fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, thank you, John. Super excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. I started my entrepreneur career in 1993 selling cell phones of all things when they were still the brick phone. (laughs) At the age of 22, I was engaged to be married and I started on this journey and my first 30 days of selling cell phones, I made $20,000. Yeah, at the age of 22, my friends are uh, starving, eating top ramen noodles and going to college and... (laughs) I finished uh, uh, my associates, we got married, we bought a home, we bought another home, we got into a rental, making that kind of money through 1999, Eesh. having, yeah, crazy experience at such a young age. Uh, we have two beautiful kids, Wendy and I, we've stayed together, we've had our ups and downs. Our daughter, Kennedy, will be 21 this summer. Our son, Caden, just turned 17, and I could not be happier or more fulfilled in every area of my life than I am right now today. Wow, that's yeah. a phenomenal statement to be able to make. And Fire Nation, you know that we're going to get to the goods. I mean, Michael's story seems like <laughs> it's just a straight road to happiness and success, but he did allude to a couple ups and some downs, so we're going to talk about those for sure. But first and foremost, how do you generate revenue in your business today? Yeah, I take people through an experience inspiring them around the topic of money, finance, and banking, and how to take what they're currently doing with their finances, redirect it to where they're paying themselves the interest, and help them save on tax. And we utilize a cash flow insurance policy offered by mutual life insurance companies to do that. Boom. Now, Michael, we're going to have you back on at some point for a more traditional EO Fire episode because we're going to talk about your worst entrepreneurial moments just in detail. I want you to really tell that story. And then, of course, one of your greatest aha moments. We'll go through all that in a future episode. But today we are going to be focusing on what would the Rockefellers do, this great book that you wrote with Garrett Gunderson. And I kind of want to dive in first before we get into that. I want to make sure you do connect with our listeners, Fire Nation. And right now, you just seem too perfect, to be honest with you. So <laughs> tell us a quick story. Make it short. Make it concise. And again, we're going to bring okay. you back on later for a more in-depth, juicy, worst moment. But what's one of the worst moments in your entrepreneurial life thus far? Yeah, thank you. I left the cell phone industry in 99, got into the financial services industry in 2000. That's when I met my co-author, Garrett Gunderson. And we started building our building financial firms together, educating ourselves, only to find myself having lost over four million dollars in a bad investment at the end of yeah, the end of two thousand and seven. And John, that sent me into a spiral where I did not work in two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. 
And as a result of that, I was able to learn so much about myself, but I almost lost my family over it, almost lost my career over it. And it was a conversation that Garrett had with me uh, right at the beginning of 2010 that helped me turn that around. Now, I'm going to definitely want to dive into more of that story <laughs> on the upcoming episode when you join okay. us again on EO Fire. But yeah. the biggest thing that I really want to make sure that you understand, Fire Nation, is as you're building your business, as you're going from success to success to failure to success and, and having those stumbling blocks, but having those wins as well, remember, it only takes one tsunami mistake to wipe it all away. All of the decades of hard work can all be for naught if you're just not protecting yourself financially, if you're not doing the right things insurance-wise, and if you're just not making sound financial investments that don't have a bottom to them, that, you know, in fact, the bottom can drop out and poof, all of those decades of hard work can literally be gone in the snap of a finger. So it's not to scare you, it's to make sure that you're doing the right things, building your business, building your wealth, building a life of security for your family. But now, Michael, there is a book that I have started reading, and again, it's this book that we're going to be focusing on today, What Would the Rockefellers Do? I was an American Histories major in college, so I love mm. this stuff. So it was nice. fascinating to read about the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts and just their history. Can you give Fire Nation a little bit of that history right now so we can kind of get some context? Yeah, definitely. So two families, uh, Rockefellers and Vanderbilts, massive, massive fortunes built years ago in their uh, different uh, families' uh, legacy and their different areas of business. And the, Rock of, the Vanderbilts, first of all, they had this huge net worth. And uh, when, when the first uh, uh, Vanderbilt passed away, there wasn't a structure in place to pass that on for future generations. And the legacy of the Vanderbilt family didn't live on like it did with the Rockefellers because of the planning that was not involved in the Rockefeller planning. They utilized trust and they utilized human life value assets besides property value assets to empower future generations to continue to utilize that wealth to create with and pass it on for generations to generation. And that's, that's the Vanderbilts. They didn't have that in place. They lost it after, uh, after just one more generation. They lost all that wealth and the Rockefellers have been able to continue to utilize that legacy and empower over 350 family members to this day with still billions of dollars of wealth to where they're able to utilize their intellectual capital to perpetuate that so money is a blessing, not a curse in their lives like it was with the Vanderbilts. And I think this is even a quote that you used in the book. I'm not sure. I've definitely heard it in multiple places. From short sleeves to long sleeves and back to short sleeves. Basically what it means, Fire Nation, is you have that individual who just came up from nothing, just crushes it, makes it big, and, and he just, or she, just crushes it for their entire life. And maybe, you know, the next generation, they carried on a little bit, but then boom, it just dissipates over the generations because they don't have that structure in place. And there's a quote that we always hear over and over again. It's in the news. It's everywhere where it's the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And guess what, Fire Nation? That is a true quote. And there's a reason for that. It's because the wealthy play by a different set of rules. But now why I'm bringing people like Michael and Garrett on the show, for instance, is because guess what? These rules aren't a secret. They're out there. And people yeah. like Michael and Garrett are sharing them all the time. So let's answer this question, Michael. Do the wealthy play by a different set of rules? And let's talk about it. 
Yeah, most definitely, John. And those rules we can boil down to four. And I, I teach this to my clients as an agenda. So think of a financial institution, Fire Nation. Financial institutions, think of a bank. They have an agenda. And it's fourfold. Number one, every financial institution out there today, the number one thing they want is money. So their customers, when they come through the door, they're thinking about, we want the customer's money. They want it on a regular basis. That's number two. Number three, they want to hold on to that money for as long as possible. And number four, when it comes time for the customer to come and get their money, they want to pay it back to them as slow as possible. Every product and service offered by a financial institution meets that agenda. Now, there's no conspiracy going on here. There's a, a benefit for the consumers for us to put our money in the banks. But what's happening is that the banks are teaching the average consumer to accumulate, accumulate their money with them, let it sit with them when the bank does something totally opposite with the money. They take that money and they lend it out. They get it back. They lend it out. They get it back. A bank, a financial institution, uses a dollar over and over and over during a 12-month period of time when they're teaching us to only get one use out of a dollar, park it in one area, the miracle of compound interest, you're in it for the long haul, wouldn't it be great to retire off such a large sum of money that you could live interest only from it? All these things, every product and service they manufacture meets that agenda. The wealthy, however, they understand the agenda they play by a different set of rules. They utilize that agenda in their own life, saving their money in a strategic area, in a strategic way where they use their money for future money decisions they're going to make. And they become the bank and that creates a very high rate of return where they don't have to expose it to unnecessary risk or gamble with it. So there's a lot to take in here, Fire Nation. And, you know, if you're not super financial savvy, which let's be honest, most people aren't. I mean, I worked at a financial firm for a number of years where I gained some knowledge, but still some of the stuff is even above like my skills and my understanding for sure. Just realize this is that there are rules that we can play by and there are rules that the wealthy play by and we can study those rules. We can learn those rules and we can apply those rules to our lives. So, Michael, kind of take it from here and kind of chat with us a little bit about, you know, what are some ways that we can really do some positive things maybe in our lives as we're entrepreneurs getting going, like saving a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars per month? How can we start making this money work for us? There's a focus in three areas, a distinction that your number one asset is yourself. Your number one investment has been and will always be your own business. You think about your own business, it's, it's what's created the most amount of money that's ever gone through your hands. It's what will continue to create the most amount of money that will pass through your hands. So your number one investment is your own business. It's not in an outside stock, bond, or mutual fund, or outside investment outside of your control. And then comes the number one strategy, which is what you're asking about. Where do we put our money? We put our money in an area where it's guaranteed, where it's protected, and where it's liquid to use back into our lives for the future money decisions that we're going to make anyway to where we become the bank. So we set up a system. You could start with a shoebox. You could start with a regular checking account. There are products, life insurance products that, that are offered. That's what I do in my business is offer those products to where you can put your money in there and utilize it for those future money decisions. If you do it with a shoebox or a savings account, 
you're putting money in, you're building it up, you pay cash or something, you make payments back to yourself to replenish that cash. You put it in a specific life insurance product that's guaranteed, protected, and liquid, you can utilize that cash and not break the exponential growth curve of your cash like the wealthy do with their money and hold on to more of it. Is that what you're asking, John? Yeah. And, you know, I can kind of talk a little bit from firsthand experience. I mean, having lived in California since 2009, we have a little thing that we call the sun tax. And of course, it's just the state tax. But, you know, it's the reality that tax is tough, Fire Nation. I mean, pretty much in 2015, I was paying 50 cents for every dollar that I would make in taxes. And that's, that's pretty tough when you combine my state and my federal tax. And that's just brutal for a lot of reasons. So, the way that you can invest in yourself, the way that you can invest in your business is by taking real dollars and investing in yourself and investing in your business. So there are systems for paying less in tax legally, exactly the way that laws were passed for us to utilize. There's a lot of great ways. So can you talk about some of these systems, Michael, for paying less in tax? Yeah, there's many different ways for paying less in tax. There are ways for us to accumulate our money in areas where we're not taxed on the gain. So when we save our cash and it starts compounding that we use specific products that don't tax us on the gains every year and that those products are not taxable when we retire. Since 1913 until today, the average U.S. federal tax here in America has averaged 56%. Mm. It started out as a low of 1% in 1913 and a high of 6%. That lasted for three years. The high rate jumped to 15% in the fourth year. The fifth year, it went over 60%. I can't imagine what was going on with Americans then. Mm. Got over 70%, dipped back down to the 25% during the Great Depression. John, did you know it's been as high as 94% in federal income tax here in America in the highest bracket? I mean, how do you even have any incentive to generate revenue to make money as a business? Exactly. So we're at 39% today. We can follow for me, at least in my head, the last 30 years of Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat of the tax rates We're at 39. We have the most amount of pressure put on government subsidized programs than ever before, the most amount of pressure. So we're at 39 today. It's an unknown in the future, but I encourage all of my clients to save their cash in an area where they're not taxed on the growth along the way and where they can pull it out tax-free in the future. So we take the standard deductions that we can, mortgage interest deduction. John is the number one personal deduction that we can take on our personal taxes, not business deductions. This is personal deductions on our tax mortgage interest. Number two, kids is dependents. Number three, charitable contributions. So it depends on how we structure our mortgage, where we're saving our money as far as specifics, but maximizing those areas first. Okay. All I got to say is this 1% back in 1913, but no internet. Thirty nine percent in two thousand sixteen, but with internet. I got to be honest, uh, it's not a home run for me. I'm thinking <laughs> I might be going back to nineteen thirteen if I had the choice right now. Because man, that is just unbelievable to think what paying one percent in taxes would be. But let's talk a little bit, Michael, about safeguarding money because this is important. Like if you're making money, you got to be safeguarding it in different ways. And you've mentioned a few systems to do that. But let's get specific with a tactic or two. 
Yeah, there are products, there are services, uh, specific products that you can put your money to that are protected against creditor claims and lawsuits. You can go further and do estate planning with uh, an attorney. Uh, uh, I would recommend an attorney to assist you with that in your state to be able to set up trusts to get the money out of your name, out of your estate in a trust. They're, they're, they're very popular today to where that money cannot be attached. Uh, O.J. Simpson, love him, like him, hate him. He had the bulk of his wealth in an area where it was protected for him to continue to have a certain lifestyle. And as an entrepreneur today, uh, I've, I've been sued. Uh, I've, uh, you know, it's, it's a success tax paying attorneys for, for different things is the way we look at, uh, mm. tax or money that we pay to an attorney. It's a success tax. So the more that we can protect our wealth and we know that it's protected versus hope that it's protected, we can leverage that knowing by creating more in our own business, which is our number one investment. And that's what fulfills us the most. Fire Nation, we've been dropping value bombs on your head in the financial area for, you know, give or take 17 minutes now. I mean, it's gone by like a snap of the fingers because there's just a lot of stuff that's going on. But I want you to know, we're going to continue dropping value bombs as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. It's crazy that we moved everything we do for business over to the digital world except for our physical mail. Imagine all the time you'd save if you didn't have to check your mailbox every day. Great news, now that time can be all yours with Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail moves your snail mail to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7. Plus, it integrates with the tools and services you use every day. You can search your mail, send invoices to your accounting software, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers so you don't have to worry about giving out your home address anymore. Earth Class Mail has processed over 10 million pieces of mail. It's no wonder they're trusted by thousands of startups and small businesses. See for yourself. Visit earthclassmail.com slash fire. Enter promo code fire and get your first month of service free. That's earthclassmail.com slash fire. Promo code fire. Michael, we're back and people definitely want to protect their money. They want to safeguard that money. They want to have a system for paying less in tax, but they also want to have access to that money because, you know, life emergencies come up or they want to take vacations or buy a car or buy a nice home. I mean, what's the deal about having access to that money along the way? Yeah, the number one strategy, having it guaranteed, protected and liquid, the liquidity of our cash not locking it up, not locking it up somewhere to where there's a penalty to be able to get to it. Having that liquidity, still being able to earn a, a, a great guaranteed rate of return, but having liquidity of that to utilize it in our lives for those things that you just mentioned. When we're deliberate about that, we can utilize that cash for future money decisions that we're going to make anyway, and we become the bank. We pay ourselves the interest versus paying that interest rate to a financial institution. I can't tell you how many times, John, I've seen individuals that are saving cash in one area, hoping for a five, six, seven, eight percent rate of return with no guarantees, total risk, and then they're out leasing equipment for their business at 16, 18 percent. If they had their cash in an area where they could pay cash for the equipment, lease it back to themselves and pay themselves that interest, <laughs> that's a guaranteed 16 percent interest. And it supports their number one investment, their their own business. Now they're maintaining control, 
versus relinquishing control. And there's tremendous economic value that comes into our life by having that certainty in our planning by being able to do that. And Fire Nation, there's just a lot of risk on relying on external forces like the stock market, for instance. Yeah, you hear from everybody, oh, the stock market has been returning six, seven, eight percent for the past like however many years. But what happened to those people that were doing that for 20, 30, 40 years? And then they retired in 2006. And guess what? Their entire portfolio took a 40, 50, 60% chop. So yes, they were earning an average of maybe 6 or 7% over all those years. But then it got cut in half because of a stock market collapse. And that can and likely will happen again. I mean, everything is cyclical in this world. Don't put your faith in timing the market because there's no sure thing when it comes to that. Now let's talk about insuring money that survives from generation to generation, because that was, in essence, what the Rockefellers did. I mean, yes, there's Vanderbilt University, so, you know, Mr. Vanderbilt was able to to spend some of his money and do some really cool things. Like, I think, actually, and I learned this in your book, is that, you know, he donated a million dollars back in the day to Vanderbilt, so they called it Vanderbilt, and, it, you know, his yes. name survives because of that. So, a lot of people assume, wow, the Vanderbilts must still be loaded and flush because there's a whole university named after him and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but he just paid for the naming rights. And the Rockefellers have billions of dollars at their disposal. While the Vanderbilts, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but have like almost nothing or nothing. So that is correct. How do you ensure that money survives generation to generation? Yeah, there's two main philosophies out there. And the biggest one that's sold by the media today that meets the agenda of the financial institutions, John, is buy term life insurance on your life and invest the difference. When the difference gets big enough, you no longer have the need for insurance because you're self-insured with this pile of money. Now, at first glance, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 65. I have $10 million. I don't have a need for life insurance. We can change that mindset to a want. What if it was possible to create the $10 million in assets, but also create $10 million in death benefit on our lives? Now we have death benefit on our lives that ensures our estate value. When we have both $10 million in assets and $10 million in death benefit, we have permission to consume every dollar of that $10 million while we're alive and at the same time, pass on the $10 million in the form of a death benefit now. We have that flow into a family trust. We have it spelled out for our posterity. We've instructed them. While we've instructed them, while we're alive or in written documents, we're empowered more. So we end up creating more and experiencing more and enjoying more. But it allows us to pass that on for future generations. And I get so excited to introduce that to a family mm-hmm. that hasn't come from money that they're now making money. These entrepreneurs out there today, these big business owners that are first generation money that now for the first time see this vision that I can create all this and I can put in place trust and family legacy to where my name, our family's name will live on for future generations. That empowerment, the reality of that gives them more purpose and more drive today to create even more than what they were creating before when they start thinking legacy in their life. 
Fire Nation, this is not a super complicated topic. It might sound like it coming over a podcast because, again, there's a lot of things that are going on, but this is exactly why you should be picking up the book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? Because they lay it out plain as English. There's charts, there's graphs, there's explanations. You're really going to understand and get what exactly it is that Michael is talking about if you don't already. So no worries. This is what the book is for. But let's kind of end on a good note, Michael. Let's talk about simplifying personal finance. What do you want to say to Fire Nation about the simplification of their personal finance? comes back to number one asset, number one investment, number one strategy. You are your number one asset. Continue to invest in yourself. Continue to educate yourself. Continue to create more human life value assets, your intellectual capital. That's the main focus. Knowing that as you do so, that is the source and creator of property value in your asset. That's what allows you to build your business, buy real estate, save money. Make sure without a doubt your focus is on your number one investment as far as your highest rate of return producing asset. It's your own business. It's what's created the most. It's what will continue to create the most. So it's number one asset is you. Number one investment is your business has been, will always be. And then number one strategy is real simple. Saving your money in an area where it's guaranteed, protected, and liquid. That's the focus in those three areas. Michael, we started today on fire. Let's end on fire with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. Opticfinancial.com is our website. And that's the best way to connect with me and to learn more about what would the Rockefellers do. Opticfinancial.com. And what's a parting piece of guidance? Well, the guidance, and it's an offer, John. And if you'll go to opticfinancial.com slash fire for this show, Garrett and I uh, would love to offer all your listeners our book for free. It is shipping. It's five ninety five for shipping, but we'll offer the book up for free. We sell the book online for $49, but we'll offer it up for free at opticfinancial.com slash fire. And the focus is that there's a lot of money that has and will continue to pass through your hands. Read the book. Allow us to assist you with putting together a system that helps you hold on to significantly more of that money, and that creates a very high rate of return. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with MGI and JLD <laughs> today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type Michael in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. And of course, we crushed a great interview with Garrett back in the day on EO Fire. You can find that just by typing Garrett into the search bar as well. But Fire Nation, take action. It's time that you protect yourself, you educate yourself, you protect your family, your legacy. This is what it's all about. These are really serious things and the time to start is now. Don't wait until you're multiple millions in the bank. Like Start the process today and by doing that, you're going to go over to opticfinancial.com slash fire. Michael and Garrett, friends of the show, are gifting this book what would the Rockefellers do to you? $6 in shipping, and I can vouch being a person that actually, number one, read the book. It's an awesome book. And number two, sells books online. Shipping is expensive, so they are even giving you a deal on that. Get over to optic, O-P-T-I-C, financial.com slash fire. Snag the book, a $50 book for $6 in shipping costs. 
and start arming yourself with the knowledge that you need to succeed in this world. Take these gifts. What Would the Rockefellers Do is a killer book. I'm personally about 65% done the book, and I'll be reading some more of it tonight, period. Like, it's, it's that good. So, Michael, I want to thank you, my man, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Give the gift of freedom to your friend or loved one with The Freedom Journal, and they will accomplish their number one goal in 100 days. Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite.